You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 291, Small Groups in the Year 2020. So I'm recording this in November of 2020. Obviously, this has been a crazy year with COVID and uh, all the other stuff going on, but obviously COVID has been kind of the overarching theme that's really defined the year in many ways because of so many shutdowns. I mean, I'm recording this. I, I live in the southern part of the United States, and our state has uh, more or less opened back up. Church is meeting again uh, with restrictions. Schools are back open, but there are many places in the U.S. that are still under quarantine. Many businesses are still closed. Churches are still closed in some cases. Um, just uh, depending on where you live, a very closed environment, of course, with a quarantine trying to um, limit the spread of the COVID-19 virus. And then I just saw that within the last uh, week or two, many European nations are actually going back to um, uh, full or at least increased quarantines back to where they were at months ago because of the spread of the disease. Um, so this is, uh, this is really an interesting time to be a Christian leader, to be a pastor. And, you know, if you've been with me, you know, we talked uh, several, several weeks ago about the fact projections from um, some organizations, especially from the Barna Group, uh, the potential of, of having sh churches shut down, these long periods of not meeting, actually having a very negative effect. And the Barna Group actually predicts as many as one in five churches shutting down over the next 18 months. And the reason for that's twofold. Obviously, financial. Uh, many churches are taking a, 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 an incredible financial hit. If their people are not giving consistently um, while they're not meeting, and this is going to be primarily smaller churches, but bigger churches as well, um, depending on the the culture and and how well the pastors and leaders have talked to their people and taught them um, the importance of of giving and and staying consistent in their giving. But the other thing, and this is where where we're going to talk about small groups. The other reason churches are shutting down is because the relationships weren't as deep as they thought they were. In other words, relationships within the church were not deep enough that when things started opening back up, people felt like coming back. They took the six-month break or the three-month break or nine-month break or whatever it was, or maybe even longer, and rather than coming back to church, they're looking either for another church or they're not going anywhere. And so how do we build these deep relationships. How do we, and these, and that, those are Barna's words. In their study and their uh, survey on churches, 
Those were their words, that the relationships weren't as deep as the leadership had thought. And, you know, I've seen that in my travels and uh, being different places around the world, working with churches, speaking in different churches. Um, it's always interesting when you go into a church and there are those relationships where people are connected. There's a buzz. People don't want to leave. Um, there's there's a connection. There's, there's relationships that are built that last outside of Sunday. People are hanging out during the week. They're, they're connecting via text or phone call. They're, their families are getting together. But then you've got those other other churches where there's just nothing. You know, the service is over and everybody just leaves and there's no buzz, there's no excitement. And and, and there's that's where you you see those the, where they're talking about in the study where the relationships aren't as deep as the leadership had thought. So I want to talk about small groups in the context of how do we create these deep relationships? And you know, what you find is in churches that have some type of small group system, whether it's whatever they call them, small groups, life groups, connect groups, house churches, whatever you want to call them. Um, if you've got a thriving small group system, you're, you're really doing yourself a favor in building these deep and lasting relationships. These are going to be the relationships that last outside of Sunday because people are going to be getting together weekly or bi-weekly in someone's home or at a coffee shop or at a park or, or whatever it might be, and they're going to be doing life together. And that's where these, these you know really deep relationships are built. And during this time of crisis, when many churches aren't meeting um, or they're having to go to an online setting, you know, what we're seeing churches, some churches do, the ones that are able to pivot, are actually pivoting their connect groups as well. And so um, for months, you know, our connect groups had to meet virtually only. So they were using Zoom or Google Hangouts or um, whatever format you choose to use. But they were staying connected. And, and I've talked to so many people over the last uh, couple of months as things have opened back up in, in our church. And people would talk about how those, those connections, those Zoom meetings once a week were really what kept people sane. Um, knowing that their friends were going through the same thing they were going through. And, and uh, just having somebody that they could talk to and uh, pray with, even in a virtual environment. And so, really, this has become the lifeblood for so many churches and and the folks that make them up. And now that things are kind of back to normal, what we're seeing is connect groups that are meeting in person, connect groups that are meeting exclusively virtually, and we'll talk about those um, later, uh, probably in the next week or two, because we're going to do a few episodes on connect groups. And then, and then some groups that are hybrids, they'll meet a week and then they'll have a, a week where they'll meet virtually. And so we're seeing this is the kind of the format that we're using and it's just so effective. And um, one of the things we will talk about is, is how to pivot and use the, the virtual format for your benefit, especially in a small group setting. Now, I want to just kind of give a few reasons and and, and, and thoughts on why every church needs to have some type of small group, call it whatever you want, ministry, uh, department, 
But having the format where you meet together in a small group is so important. Our pastor would say, um, we're, we're a church that's made up of small groups. In other words, our, our real connections don't happen on Sunday morning, although, of course, you're enjoying hanging out, chatting with people, talking to your friends, but the real connections come during those weekly small group meetings. And so I want to give a few few thoughts, a few purposes on why it's vital and essential that every church be organized into some type of small group, connect group, cell group, whatever you want to call it, um, ministry. Um, Obviously, the bottom line is we want to build the church. We want to build the church. Small groups are one of the greatest ways to build the church. One of the I'll be sharing resource highlights in a minute, but one of the ones I'm going to share is Wiki Church and um, by a pastor who's, uh, I believe he's based in the Philippines, and actually an American pastor based there, and he'll 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 tell his story of how they have built um, just a huge city-impacting church through small groups. So we want to build the church, and um, really this is such a great entry point for so many people. We've got so many people that are a part of our church now that started coming to a small group. Um, church was probably intimidating for them. They didn't know what to expect. They were unchurched. They weren't a Christian. They were away from God. But to go and hang out with some of their friends, have some food, maybe talk about some spiritual things, um, they were okay with that. And as they built the relationships, remember we're talking about building deep relationships, as they began to build relationships with people, the natural step, the natural progression was to go to church and then ultimately see their lives change. So I'm going to give three other reasons, three quick reasons on why, what's the purpose for having small groups and how they can help us build our church. First of all, it's discipleship. Discipleship. And you know, every group, at least in our church, is not a discipleship group. We've got groups built around activities, um, summer book studies, whatever. But ultimately, there's a discipleship uh, component of every group. Whether it's a group of friends getting, you know, getting together to go run and, you know, having a short devotional beforehand, um, whether it's a mom's group meeting at a park you know, so their kids can play. And again, having, you know, some type of devotional and a prayer, um, you know, but it's it, it doesn't have to be, every group doesn't have to be intense, but discipleship is part of the process. Jesus told us, make disciples. In fact, that was his last commandment, go and make disciples. And every church does that a little bit differently, but these small groups are an excellent way to take people on the journey of following Jesus. And so whatever that looks like, you know, uh, again, we've got some groups that are a little bit more formatted towards a study or, um, you know, maybe towards prayer. Uh, One of the groups that I'm currently involved in right now is a a men's leadership group. And we're actually using a version Bible plan to talk to men, you know, six, eight men at a time. We meet on Saturday mornings to talk about leading ourselves and then becoming the leaders that God's called us to be. 
And, you know, this might not sound like a discipleship kind of group, but, you know, we've got men just bearing their souls as we start talking about the importance of leading ourselves. And so we're able to take the Scripture and apply it, talk about issues that we've all faced as we all become vulnerable and transparent, and we're all moved a little further down the road towards what it means to really be a disciple of Christ. So discipleship is such an important um, reason for, for, for having the small groups because you just can't do that on a Sunday morning. Um, the second one is pastoral care. Pastoral care. You know, if your church is over 50 people, um, the senior pastor, the head pastor, whatever you call him, really can't effectively care for everybody in, in, in that church. It's just too much. They can try, but once you start getting towards 100 folks, it's almost impossible for a single pastor to care for people in the church in the way they need to be cared for. And so what, what we've seen many churches do, what our churches do, is we, we, we push pastoral care down to the connect group, the small group, the cell group, the, the, the life group level, because it's there that really people are ministered to. This is where they're cared and looked after. Um, people feel comfortable, or at least more comfortable, sharing issues or things they're going through in a smaller setting. They can receive prayer. They can receive ministry. Um, the group becomes a family that takes care of each other. They look after each other. If there's a crisis, if, if a family member's in the hospital or somebody dies or there's just whatever the type of the crisis is, it's the, the connect group, the small group that provides meals and makes sure everything's taken care of. Now, obviously, there's a structure in place so that Issues are passed up the line so that the, the pastors know what's going on in people's lives. I mean, it's awfully embarrassing when the senior pastor doesn't know that there's been a death in someone's family. Um, so, of course, the connect group leaders want to pass that information along. And sometimes issues come along that are really a little bit too much for even small group leaders. Uh, marital problems, serious financial issues, and these things probably need to be passed on so they're passed up the line so that um, you know we can get more uh, or maybe even more experienced help towards them. But you know what we found in doing this for 30, 40 years is that 95% of the time, maybe even more than that, maybe 98% of the time, most of the pastoral care is dealt with effectively in the small group setting. Well, do not go away. We will be right back. I just wanted to share a couple of resource highlights with you. Um, first of all, as I said, Wiki Church. Wiki Church. Listen, this is a dynamite book. Uh from a pastor in the Philippines, an American pastor, his story of how he got there is absolutely phenomenal. It's a great, great read. What a great story. You'll love it. It's very encouraging. But also how he talks about the fact that um, God gave him some ideas on structuring the church to grow it and to build it. And they've turned it into a multi-thousand member uh, church with multiple campuses um, really having an impact in so many ways in the Philippines. And it's a great book. It's encouraging. And, you know, he's, he shares up front. Some of this stuff 
um, in, in an Asian culture might not work in other cultures, but the reality is in so many ways, these principles are just Bible principles and they transfer into any setting, in any culture, in any time. The second resource highlight I want to mention is my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the updated and revised edition of my uh, book on leadership. The chapters are short. They're immediately actionable with some great action steps. We talk about leadership, supervision, management, time management, how to set goals, and so many other things that you can use to lead yourself and to lead others. Well, all right, we're back. We've, we've talked about the reasons, the purpose for, for having small groups is, is to build the church, and we're kind of breaking that down a little bit, and we're, we're looking at um, you know, some of the, the really important areas that small groups help us with in our church. We've talked about discipleship. We've talked about pastoral care. And then the third one, leadership development. Leadership development. People develop their leadership skills, their spiritual gifts, um, interpersonal skills, the ability to pray for people, uh, the, appeal, the, 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 the ability to even do you know light, and I say light, counseling. Um, we're not professional counselors, but there's opportunities to, to talk to people and to help them work through their problems. And we develop these skills in a small group setting. Leaders are trained and developed in this environment and atmosphere. You know, a lot of folks want to lead. A lot of folks want authority. A lot of folks want, want to be able to have an impact. And... This is such a great place to start. Uh, we've seen so many of our leaders in our church and our churches developed from leading a small group. Because, you know, everybody wants to start at the top. But the reality is if you can't lead a group of four people effectively, how are you going to, you know, lead a youth group? How are you going to lead a group of 20 or 30 or 50 or a church of 100 or 200 or 500? So learning how to cultivate and build a group and keep the momentum going and taking care of those four or six or whatever it is people, um, this is such a great way to develop our leadership skills. It's a great way to learn how to uh, take care of people, um, to uh, really even learn how to teach, even though our groups aren't all teaching groups, but but there's an opportunity to learn how to um teach the Bible, to learn how to engage people in discussions, in leading discussions. Listen, this is an art. To be able to lead an effective discussion where I'm not the only one talking, where I know how to ask the right questions, how to ask the right follow-up questions, how to not let somebody dominate the conversation, but to keep it flowing. These are gifts that need to be learned by every leader. And so we see our leaders trained and developed in this setting. We also develop faithfulness spiritual maturity, the, the attitude of being teachable. I mean, think about it. Our Connect groups meet every week for 12 weeks, and then we take a break, and then we come back and have a summer semester, and then we start again in the fall, and they meet again for 12 weeks. So for 12 weeks, if you're leading a group, you got to show up. You know, whether you're 
you're meeting at your house or somebody else's, but you got to show up. You don't have the option of calling in and saying, hey, yeah, I just don't feel like being there today. I think I'll just stay home and watch football. You know, faithfulness, spiritual maturity, learning how to talk to people that you might not normally talk to, people that are different from you, engaging in conversation, um, learning how to ask the right questions, being teachable when maybe your connect coach comes and says, I don't know that this is working that good. Why don't we try a different format? Or, hey, listen, you talked too much during this group. Your people didn't really get a chance to, to share anything. And are you going to be get angry by that, or are you going to be teachable and learn from it? Um, your family life. How does your family life work when you know you're having to get everything ready for a Tuesday night meeting? And um, you know when you've got people coming into your house, they're gonna, you know, maybe pull up when you and the wife are having an argument. How do you how do you deal with that? Um, but the small group is a safe place for somebody to learn the leadership skills that they need to learn. Um, so, so important. So small groups give people these opportunities. So just a quick recap for today. We're talking about small groups in the year 2020. We're, we're looking at the purpose of small groups, to, and obviously that's to build the church, and then we're breaking that down. We're talking about discipleship, pastoral care, and then leadership development. And these things together build the church. And during these these crazy times of uh, uh, maybe not meeting or maybe having people not sure about coming back to church yet, listen, small groups are a great way to help people stay connected. Again, probably next week or the week, week after, we'll talk about virtual connect groups and how what that looks like. But, you know, even in our setting, um, for the longest time, the governor in, in our state, um, you know, mandated that only groups of 10 people could, could meet together at a time. So we fashioned our small groups to where um, encourage people not to have any more than 10 people. That way, if things get shut down again, we're, we're able to continue meeting as a church just on a smaller scale. So something to think about. So I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or a comment in the comments section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. And we will continue this series next week.